In this edition of the podcast, art from Australian internment camps during World War II uncover a remarkable history. German expats who settled in Persia prior to the war soon found themselves as internees in outback Australia, far from home and separated from their families. Their recently discovered artwork tells a story of deprivation, loneliness and incredible resilience. I'm Tim Stackpole, and this is Inside the Gallery. Thanks for downloading the podcast as we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced and downloaded around the world, and we pay our respects to First Nations elders across the globe, whether they be past, present or emerging. And thanks to our sponsor, Pixel Perfect Pro Lab, whose support is put towards the transcripts of our podcast, available at www.insidethegallery.com.au. And you can learn more about the professional services of Pixel Perfect Pro Lab at pixelperfect.com.au. This edition of the podcast is a little indulgent as for the first time our podcast Inside the Gallery has collaborated with Professor Pedram Kosronajad to establish an online gallery for a very special exhibition. For the first time, a collection of artwork created by German World War II internees of Persia who found themselves detained in Australia is available to view and that website is www.australianinternment.art. The descendants of those who made the artwork have been working with the professor to collate and curate the more than 200 artworks derived from this fascinating source. Yes, German expats who settled in Persia after the First World War were displaced after neutral Iran was invaded by the Allies. The families were separated, most of the women and the children were sent back to Germany where they hadn't lived for many years, many of the kids had never been there, while their husbands were placed onto a ship to, well, who knows where at the time. A series of artworks has now been discovered which tells the story undertaken by those men from the time when they were detained across their journey to Australia where they remained isolated in camps until the end of the war. They were, of course, regarded as enemy aliens. You can view some of the artwork today at that dedicated website, www.australianinternment.art. But to give us the whole story, let me introduce you to a good friend of the podcast who we featured before, the curator of these newly uncovered works, who incidentally is also the curator of Persian arts at the Powerhouse Museum in Sydney and an adjunct professor in the Religion and Society Research Cluster at Western Sydney University, Professor Pedram Kosronajad, welcome back. Thank you, Tim. It's a great pleasure to be here in your podcast. In the introduction, I kind of explained the derivation of this art, but the way in which you discovered this art existed is a story within itself. Can you give us a bit more background on that? The story began uh, approximately in September, August, September 2019, when I came to Australia to visit uh, my family in Sydney. And uh, only by, you know, chance, I found out the story of civilian Germans of Iran, Persia at that period, who after the First World War escaped the big depression period of Europe, including Germany. And, you know, there were no market and suddenly Persia became a good market opened by Reza Shah, the king of Iran, for developing the infrastructure of country 
something between seven to 10,000 civilian Germans moved and lived in Iran peacefully. They had lovely salary. They bought houses. Um, they brought their uh, wife to Iran and settled down. Their children were born in Iran. And they were really integrated to the Iranian society, including urban, rural, and nomadic areas. But I think it's interesting for your audience to know that Churchill was against this because of the Iranian oil pipes in the south, which was under, you know, the protection of Brits. And also he knew if the Second World War happened, Germany will attack first Russia, then come to Iran and through Iran go to India, which was very, very important colonial country, and then go to South Asia. So um, Churchill shake hand with Russia a few months or a year, probably before the outbreak of the Second World War. In case we have Second World War, we invade Iran and block Germany on the Russian frontiers. And this is what happened. So, and uh, they invade Iran in 1941. And one of the first things that they do is capturing these German civilians or civilian Germans of Persia who were informed by the ambassador of Germany at that time in Iran. They were escaped their homes and went as a refugee to the German summer garden in Tehran. And then, you know, after the invasion of Iran, Russian and Brits, uh, they uh, surround the embassy's garden, forced separation of mother and children, pushed them to escort them to the border with Turkey, and send them back to the Germany and Austria under the war. And uh, they detained 512 single men in that garden, captive them, send them to temporary interrogation desert camps in Basra, today Iraq. And after seven weeks interrogation, they didn't know anything was their destination, where their wife and children. Then they said, well, we deport you somewhere unknown destination on the boat. They go to close to India, Indian shores, and there they change the boat. And it is only there that they inform them, well, your destination is Australian Second World War camps. They arrive here in November 1941 at Adelaide. Then with them, there were six families also. The families will they send to Tatura camps in Victoria and uh, the rest of single detainees from Persia goes to Loveday camp. So it was very, you know, harsh moment anyway. They stay until 1947 in the camp and then some, you know, very few died in the camp, some deported and many, you know, stayed here, brought their family from Germany here, settled down, children after seven to nine years, did see their father. They were unknown to their father. They'd grown up during the war. And um, then they settled down here and they became Australian citizens. So 2019, when I came here, I found by accident one of those children. And then this is the beginning of a story. Uh, they didn't know each other. And one by one, I found them, and now it's about two years that we work together as a research team. And then from the beginning, as an anthropologist, I encourage them to look at their family collections. The collection that maybe some of them, they were not aware of their existence, or they knew something is there in that box that uh, mother, father, or uh, 
grandfather grandmothers left behind in the garage or some of them they wherever are very well what they have but because of childhood trauma uh, they never properly talked about what happened in Persia and camp separation and suddenly in you know one of the family collections uh, wolf family which belonged to Dr Hans Eberhard Wolf among the huge collection because this individual is very important among our group uh, because of uh, what was his project in Iran he was interested you know when he was in the camp collect also the art of the camp made by these germans of persia and i was really surprised to see a folder of artic there's between 200 to 300 original artworks mostly drawings hand print makings including etching uh, woodcut linocut watercolor caricatures a lot of things and different materials and i was surprised so it was the first time that the project really uh, became quite interesting when we opened the gates to the family collections since we are working on each family each children is working on their own family and uh, i'm happy to say that an edited volume of the two years hard work of members of our project will be ready which is the diaries and memories of their parents before going to Persia after the first world war their lives in Iran their business in Iran what they did and see in Iran and also uh, some reports and uh, life stories of Australian second world war internment camps so this is a so, are you talking about a published book this is a published book that uh, will I'm editor but contributors are the members of project and a majority of Uh, chapters edited by the children so the works done by fathers or mothers their handwritten memories in persia or before before going 1930s 1935 be just before the outbreak of second world war in persia and also some of the mother single mothers in germany and fathers in the camp they're all done by their parents many of them were in german we translated to english by their own children and then edited you know in a way that uh, is like really uh, an academic book that uh, users will have in the hand not simple memory or diary and this for the first time in history that we talk about this group of civilian germans of persia that in- innocently captured by british army on iranian soil and brought to internment camp in australia knowing the fact that in general in history of modern australia we are really really late regarding general history of second world war camps in australia because the germans of persia were 512 but uh, this system uh, and or policy or politic of captiving civilian germans japanese italians was big you know plan of churchill in a way that by the end of 1942 there were approximately 50000 civilians on behalf of british army in australian internment camps so it's huge history that is still really unknown professor why is it that you think this story this discovery of such artwork is so important not necessarily just to the expat germans 
who moved to Persia and then were moved into internment camps here in Australia. Why is it important to, to all of us? Well, let's talk a little bit first in general the importance of the artworks of Second World War in general. I hope I don't exaggerate, but in general, we did not really work, I mean, the scholars and those who work in academia, on the importance of Second World War camp art. And if in rare cases we have some publication, mostly we talk about Western Anglo-Saxon internees which were interned by German army, interned by Japanese army. So always we talk about English speaker internees, Canadian, Americans, Australians. But we did not talk in general about the history of non-English speaker Second World War internees, especially about regarding their artworks. Let's, let's come to our topic. Let's talk about internees of Australia which were majority Germans, Japanese, Italians, those from Finland, and some other minorities. The importance here, we can divide it into two major fields in academia. One is art history, looking at these artifacts as visual representations created by one professional artist. But the other side is a deeper and probably more complex, which is my interest. The importance of the internment camp art as a tool or system of healing and helping to resolve the trauma of the internment life, going beyond the visuality not only psychology, because it's still art history. So let's talk about our group. These Germans on Iranian soil, they were very young. Some of them were old, but majority, they were very young, with uh, young partners, wife, and very you know, small and young-born babies. You went to your embassy, your refugee, for five, six weeks, you lived under the tent like uh, refugees. And suddenly, one morning, they say, okay, you will be separated from your wife and children for unknown destination. And your wife and children are only safe if you don't escape. And they sign and say, okay, we don't escape, but save our wife and children. And then find themselves in desert in Iraq, Basra. Then after seven weeks, a group separated, sent to Palestine for further investigation under accusation. All of them, you know, accused being Nazi. So that is big, big accusation because today we know majority of them escaped Germany under Hitler going to Iran to have safe life. And we know today that maybe not majority, but we find one by one, many of them, they were from Jewish background, maybe not Jewish by face, but Jewish by blood and genealogy. So they escaped Germany to Iran to be safe. Now they are captured and accused as a Nazi in desert in Basra. They don't know what happened to their babies and wife. Now on the boat, then they say, oh, Australian deserts. You should read really the diaries from the first days of captivity in Tehran. 
And this is where the artwork begins. We have one artwork that is on our website, our artist. When he was captured by Tehran local police, and he was in the hospital of Iranian police, and you know, uh, Menzdov, Eugene von Menzdov, the first earliest image that we have, he did that you know, is a box of Persian cigarette, very famous one, we know, Oshna Vijay, and with a flower on the top of the box, and it's very dramatic. For me as an Iranian, I understand that nostalgia on that box of cigarette, but he's not only in hospital, he's in police hospital. Then the second series of art camps begin when they are in Basra. And you see in diaries, when you compare the diaries with the camp arts, for instance, the work uh, done by him again, Mansdorf, they are struggling for food. There is hot and, you know, insects and many things. So, and then they find themselves in camp in Love Day, oof, in the South, harsh weather. They, they don't speak English. They don't know English and they don't know what's happening to them. So here is the core of why I'm interested, we are interested, how we can look at these artworks of the camp made by these Germans of Persia to go beyond the surface and see the individual trauma that it's bent in the, these pictures. And we are just in the beginning, you know, scratching the surface because Still, we don't know how many artwork exist. We were lucky that Dr. Wolf collected this series. And here and there, we find some more in family collections. But I can say, generally speaking, in Australia, until today, well, a big group of internees, they were the Dunera boys, the German Jews of London, that they escaped again uh, from Germany to London, and they were captured and sent here. As Dunera boys are more familiar to the scholars, there are some books and which published, especially on their artworks. You know, there were series, you know, about the internment life. But it's only about Dunera boys, which are very, very talented and Jewish. And we have one or two articles and books about Italians, which were very talented again. But this group, Germans of Persia, not only we don't know anything about their history, these artworks really reveal, uh, because they were unique. These 512 interns of Persia, they were not random people. They were talented, educated engineers, mechanical engineer, civil engineer, minor engineers. And among them, too, you find suddenly big names, Professor Wilhelm Ehlers. One of the most famous, if not the, the most famous, linguist and archaeologist of the Middle East and godfathers of Orientalism, who went to Iran and captured. You have uh, someone like uh, Zubek, who was the famous Jewish violinist, who was invited to Iran to build up the Department of Music in University of Tehran. So this group of single Germans, when arrived at Love Day camp, inside the camp, they run and create, establish one college, get authorization from Red Cross, do it 
to educate the other internees of other nations in a way that when they graduated of that camp college, after the war, they went directly to university. All of the mentors and lecturers of this college were Germans of Persia, and they taught Persian language inside the camp. They taught writing of Persian inside the camp, among many other things, mathematics, physics, astronomy, natural studies, minology. It's huge what they did. But this art done by them, not random internee that has no diploma. All of them, they were trained and all of them, they were talented in one way or another on craft making. So art, visual art, is one of the crafts that they made inside the camp. But back to your main question, the importance that we need to go through them. And this is part of Australian Second World War history. It happened here inside the camps at Love Day and then in Tatura. Step by step, all corners of this prince, there are messages of trauma, isolation, injustice. This is the message that after camp, they forwarded to their family members. Horrible things happen to internees that still people shame to talk about that. We really need to reveal this visual art of the camps in Australia and open the debate. So the collection does tell us quite a lot, as you've said, and obviously going through a few names there, it's uncovered some surprises for you as well. Yes. But how about all the families and some of the families that you spoke to? Did they, first of all, not realise how important these works were? And then secondly, after you started discussions with them, did it engender any type of deep emotional response within them as well? Um. Let's talk about the family collection first, then come to artworks, because I see this artworks part of family collections. Mm -hmm. The majority of cases, especially fathers, kept the history far from their children. Because what happened after Second World War, they were labeled in Australia, on Australian territory, enemy aliens. Mm -hmm. And that was a very pejorative term to use. For them, and still children remember. Children, when I say members of my team are between 80 to 85 years old, okay? They remember their childhood. Many families change their family, their names. That doesn't look like German. No one wanted to be German in Australia, especially after the Second World War. So these collections were hidden somewhere. Children need to learn about Australian culture, which is very beautiful. Children need to learn English. All children let's say that, are grateful to Australia, including fathers. This project is, was like one eye-opening for these families. Oh, letters are important. Tokens of the camp are important. This, you know, painting is important. Oh, there is a painting. Who did that? Oh, it's not my father. Someone did for my father. There's a caption behind it. Who was that chap? And by this team... The beginning of our project was in the beginning of COVID-19. And I should say, I'm very happy to say that our project was like healing for our, my project members and collaborators. Under the harsh COVID situation, they suddenly introduced to their own family collection and went deep into it, dive into it, and produce such amazing materials 
Then here suddenly visual material became important. Suddenly, yes, family understood the importance of them, preservation of them, scanning them, frame them, clean them. And I can say, you know, um, from our group, Australian War Memorial has two artworks of big master, you know, Brandstein, who did majority of print, uh, woodcut prints, that they have two of those that we put on our website. We have original ones in our collection. And also, you know, another organization that I should really thank them from the beginning, like Australian War Memorial, like Australian National Archive, is a Tatura Museum, you know? Tatura Museum really, uh, which the bigger name is Tatura Irrigation and Wartime Camps Museum. They are the real museum of internment camp in entire Australia, which was huge. Because family return, majority of family captives and internees live in Tatura camp. Their children, grandchildren return there and donated things to the Tatura Museum, which is amazing archives and artworks. And we are grateful to them. I think they have some from or copy of, uh, especially caricatures uh, done by one of our uh, group artists is there. But the rest disappeared. Families gone, and I think it's only our project that has these treasures, especially wolf collection. And this is where our website is important. And again, I should say thank you to you, Tim, that helped us to establish. <laughs> no, honestly, it's for the first time in the history of world and Australia that we opened the gaze of public and researchers to these artworks. And I hope we can go further and do much collaboration with you and your platform. And I hope really this podcast can uh, open, you know, more audiences to our work team. In terms of the website, and you mentioned, and you are excited about it, I can hear you clicking through it while we're having this yes. conversation. Yes. It's really only, dare I say, a superficial look yes. at how far this project has gone. Yes. Yeah, and you've talked about the book. But yes. How far does this need to go? Are you... Are you hoping for perhaps a museum exhibition? Well, Should it go on tour? Where, where, do, we, where do you go from here? Th thank you for this question, Tim. I hope, uh, you know, our website is just the beginning with very limited number of artworks. So I hope in due time with our collaboration, we add more images and material to that. But in the book that we are publishing, I will have one chapter as introduction academically to these artworks in that book. And second aim is to have proper catalog and book about the artworks of German interns of Persia in Australia. We have amazing number of them. But the question is, which is the general question, majority of members of our project, they transfer their family collection to me as temporary scholar and curator until I find we find a good house institution. Now I open the debate to a uh, listener of our podcast. Please be in touch. If you are in such an organization and you think you can help us, and this is our aim, team, especially this artworks around 300. My aim as an anthropologist curator is always to keep collections together, even if they are from different materials, diaries, photographs, uh, artworks. I know that museum institutions today they cannot handle because of expenses or space, all collections together. But these artworks 
deserve to be hosted first somewhere. It takes time. You know, acquisition in art museums and wherever institution takes time. But yes, we would love to have one exhibition somewhere. Real exhibition in one art gallery, in one museum that open, you know, these 300 artworks to everyone, show them and beside that a good symposium to talk about this story behind these Germans of Persia, open the public. And definitely, you know, I'm one person. In our research group, we have seven person. But when we open it to the public and especially scholars, I'm sure there are much more interest to see and work and collaborate together. Yeah, the the artwork is kind of like the catalyst for the bigger story. The artwork stands alone. However, the bigger story behind it is has so many facets to it, Professor, I think is... The story, I think, is also part of the artwork. It is, Tim. Part, part, of, the, part of the construction. It is. Because just think... Sorry, I interrupt you. Just think they were... In the end of the day, they are prisoners. Sorry, I'm against the word interment. And members of my group, they say you should not say them prisoners. Our fathers never said they were prisoners. But for me, based on you know human right today in 21st century, all of them, they were detainees and prisoners. Sorry to say that. And they are with limited material and possibilities inside the camp life. So how they found the mediums for their artwork as a, you know, pigment-based materials, I mean, watercolor, oil, ink, how they found the support for the execution of their artwork, papers, toilet papers, extra useless piece of wood. Just let's think about hand printmaking process, which is amazingly difficult because I was teaching there for years in universal art, how, for God's sake, inside the camp, you can make metal, which is gravure, print. How you can find linoleum to do linoleum print. Okay, you find linoleum. There are legends that, you know, they found it in their temporary hospital <laughs> under the carpet. But how you can cut it? You need tools to cut it. And then where did you find the ink? Yeah, at best online, we can show... The imagery and yes, the artwork. Yes. We can't really we can't really tell the story. We, can, we can't really in this stage, communicate the texture. Yeah, in this stage, no, but our you know website is good because as we decided, you and I, we have four categories there by you know, like drawing, caricatures, watercolor, print, and we added also oil painting, which are very rare. Then our audience can see some samples. The selection is made not only by Tim's, not only by category of techniques, but also I picked those that emotionally can show what you and I discussed today together. You know, harshness of life, sadness, being alone. Uh, what is this landscape? You know, sand, desert, uh, you know, with sunshine, storms, harsh weather, working. And also, you know, loneliness is something really you see in majority of them uh, in the end of the day. They wrote in their, you know, uh, diaries, we are prisoners. When we arrived there, we wanted to cry. When we arrived on the gate at Love Day, we understood we are not anymore in the hand of God. We are in the hand of, you know, British Army and we are in prison. So later on in publication or in talks, this is the first time actually I talk, you know that, and thanks to you again. 
interplay between diaries, texts, and these paintings can reveal really what's behind them. And again, our website is just beginning, and I hope with our collaboration, due time, we add more explanation, more uh, scholarship text to the website for the public and the scholars. Yeah, it is a big story to tell, Professor, and perhaps one that takes a lot more than just a quick podcast interview to explain fully. But I do thank you for your time and your support of Inside the Gallery as a podcast and for approaching us to be part of this project. And uh, I look forward to actually having a conversation again over the coming months about how this is progressing and where it can be taken. Thank you, Tim. I should say also thank you because the website that we created is like the first ever online exhibition to online gallery. We are inside the gallery somehow for our website. And I I, I really hope that we reach a greater audiences and with your support, uh, help us think better together what we can do, especially with these artworks of the uh, Australian Second World War internment camps. Thank you again. Thank you, Tim, for your time and your interest to our project. I'm deeply grateful from you, your time and support. That's Professor Pedram Kosronajad, curator of this project, uncovering the story of those artworks born out of World War II internment in Australia by German expats who were living and settled in Persia when the war broke out. And as the professor mentioned, there's more to learn at the website and a mere sample of the more than 200 works that are currently being studied at the moment. And you can see those works by visiting www.australianinternment.art. Okay, that's australianinternment, one word, dot art. And if that's too much to remember, just head to www.insidethegallery.com.au and you'll find the link there in the description of this episode. You'll also find links to the transcription of this episode and other links to our Facebook and Instagram pages and a link to our mailing list if you want to sign up. That is the podcast for now. Until the next edition, I'm Tim Stackpool. Bye-bye for now.